0: love what you hear be sure to check us out on patreon at patreon.com finish the fight for exclusive episodes insights and even our D adventure
1: this is spartan 117 Anyone hear me? Over. isolate that signal master chief you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship sir finishing this fight
2: Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And we are on bonus episode number 10. As always, it is voted by our amazing patrons. And this month, they chose that we cover Sadie's story. Yeah, so
0: Sadie's story, going back to Halo 3 ODST, was the story told from Sadie's point of view through the different terminals... Phone booths, different interactions throughout the city that that the superintendent was kind of directing you towards. Mm-hmm, so, yeah. so that kind of brought it all together. So, we're going to give you a synopsis of the whole story and kind of what happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the story is available through Halo Three ODST, which was created by Bungie and released through Microsoft September twenty second two thousand nine. I will want to say I'm just glad we're revisiting ODST. I missed you, buddy. So I'm glad we're back here. But let's talk about creating Sadie's story. So Sadie's story isn't the first time a meta story would appear in the Halo series in the form of audio. The first time this would happen would be in the I Love Bees story for Halo 2's marketing. I Love Bees is an alternate reality game created by 42 Entertainment and released the summer of 2004. What started as a beekeeper's website was hacked by an AI, leaving messages and clues that the fans must decipher. And now jumping over to, you know, Bungie's second creation,
0: we have the audio logs in ODST. Bungie wanted to make the city more interactive, and thus, the player would find the audio files by discovering them throughout the city. There are 30 total audio logs throughout the destroyed city of New Mombasa. Originally, the audio logs in the city were going to be easily found, but in early playtests, players didn't find that fun. Bungie would also make the audio logs hard to find, which players also did like. So trying to find that perfect porridge i guess you'd say (laughs) you know daddy logs too hard that's interesting um mommy logs too easy (laughs) those are both wrong but anyway continuing on this led to the studio finding the sweet spot in difficulty you know the player to go ahead and find those audio Mm -hmm. logs and having the city
2: the city's ai virgil Give the player clues to when and where a nearby audio log would be. Mm-hmm, yeah, so you'd see like those uh, uh, sh- uh, roadblocks would start acting up, or the the ATM shooting out money. Or yeah, the payphone like the, the pay like shooting out money yeah.
0: and like ringing. So you'd hear all these different audio cues plus visual mm-hmm. cues that kind of led you towards it. And after the player unlocks an audio log, they'll have access to a nearby weapons cache. So not only would it give you insight on the fall of New Mombasa, but it would kind of give this really cool story to see kind of. How everything went about, plus give you a little ka-ching, ka-ching for doing
2: it, mm-hmm. giving you some weapons, giving you, you know, possibly a mongoose, some other cool stuff to help around the city. Mm-hmm. When it came to inspiration for what Sadie's story would be about, Joe Stanton actually got inspiration from the Divine Comedy, and we'd have Sadie's story be an interpretation of that. He just got done rereading a new translation of the book. So that's where he got the idea from. Bungie's audio team would still produce all the sounds from Sadie's story. So that's all the dialogue, all the background sounds. And you can even hear Brutes and Wraiths and everything else in the background. So that was really, really cool. In fact, the whole Bungie studio would contribute to crowd scenes. Anytime that Sadie or anyone else was in a crowd, Mm -hmm. that was everyone at Bungie. And I know that they even said... That they you know they didn't have a lot of women working, so they had to take women to a separate room and they would record one take, move all the women around in a room, record another take, move them all around because that's why you it sounds like twenty people with four or five. Because
0: mm-hmm. yeah, whenever you start to mix that audio together, it's hitting every different point in the mm-hmm. headphones. Some are closer, some are further away, some are moving. So yeah, it's it's a really cool aspect to not, not on a lower budget, but on like a lower staff count, be able to mm-hmm. be like, okay, put some people here,
2: put some here, mix it together. Beautiful. We have a crowd. Exactly. So during PAX 09, Bungie would announce that the I Love Bee developers, Fourth Wall Studio, who were former employees of 42 Entertainment, would be working on Sadie's story. From there, Joe Statton would show some photos from Sadie's story illustrated by Ashley Wood. And as we said, this was released with Halo 3 ODST. Now let's go over Sadie's story itself. Mm-hmm. So now we're we're finding... Together, all of us listening, we're finding these audio logs right now. Mm -hmm. So to start, on October 20th, 2552,
0: 19-year-old Sadie Endesha, Endesha? Endesha. Endesha, there we go, was leaving New Mombasa by train to enlist in the UNSC. So yeah, we Mm kind of get that story. She's kind of going around. And what I really love, the way that they wrote this, it's pretty mysterious who our character kind of starts out to be. Mm -hmm. We just know it's this younger girl who is set out, to eventually try and find her father. But at the time, we're like, okay, cool. She's listening to UNSC. You know, the whole hubbub about the covenant is up. And people were like, we need to fight back against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, So it's, it's a really cool aspect. Unfortunately, to her dismay, she was caught by Virgil, a subroutine of the New Mombasa
2: superintendent written by her father, Daniel Endesha to monitor and take care of her it's kind of funny because uh she's like talking to virgil but virgil doesn't talk like hey you need to get out of here virgil communicates through like pre-recorded messages Mm -hmm. so it'll be like to try to relay a message it'll it'll be like step back in in the car like or something it's so weird it's it's kind of how uh, a bumblebee communicates it's the same kind of thing and like people are even like why are you talking to the train? And the train's talking back because the train, you know, stops and she's like, Virgil, let me out of here. Let me out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's it's a really cool way to do it. You know, it's trans, this is Transformers part
0: uh, 25. Um mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite Transformers that's out there. My favorite Transformer, uh, Mustang. Mustang car. Mustang? I love Mustang <laughs> car. I love Mustang car and various other very specific implemented cars for branding. <laughs> I love that
1: movie.
0: Uh, but, you know... A, a, Eventually, Sadie does convince Virgil to let her go, you know, because the Covenant is now arriving on New Mombasa as Mm -hmm. this is happening. She's like, Virgil, this is cool and all, but uh, check that out. I gotta Mm go.
2: Yeah. So then moving on from that, I think that's like the end of the first one. And by all means... I. I don't know when these are all going to be ending, so just bear with us here. Sadie eventually contacts Daniel and Desha, which is her father. And he's at the superintendent's data hive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's trying to say, like, listen, I just made this kind of discovery, which they're, you know, if you put the pieces together, it's the portal and void mm-hmm. So he was a scientist working on that. So that was really cool. So Yeah, Sadie's trying to tell him, listen, I'm going to come get you. Like, I'm, I'm going to come rescue you. We're going to get out of here. But this whole entire time that she's trying to make it to her father He's saying, don't, you need to leave the city. You need to get out of the city. Like, there's a covenant attack happening right now.
0: Yeah, and you can kind of tell just from the way the voice actors are doing this, which did amazing. Mm -hmm. He knows he's on a suicide mission with this. Yeah. He's like, there's no way I can make this out. We need to continue this research and finish up what we're doing because we found this amazing thing. Virgil's going to try and get you out. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 you need to follow Virgil, get out of the city
2: because there's no way I can make it. Exactly. So as she's trying to make her way towards her father, the new Mombasa Police Department Commissioner Kinsler and an officer, Mike Branley, arrive in this modified car. It's a hue sieve yeah it's 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 Use like a, of Jennet,
0: whatever it's it's a civilian car that's kind of souped up with like bulletproof glass and a couple other
2: aspects kind of like to my it. my Honda, yeah, I would say I would say <laughs> think of it as like think of it as an uh, an unmarked police car mm-hmm. yeah, they show up and Kinsel's like, hey, listen, I'll pick you up. I'll take you there. yeah, like we're good to go. Let's get out of here
0: yeah and and this is already where we start to get some of that beautiful voice acting you were talking about earlier of creating mm-hmm. those crowds of just mm-hmm. creating the murmurs, but then the screams and the runs and like. All this other folly that they're putting in there. And it's it's really cool. I wish we had more audio pieces like this Mm -hmm. that were more short stories that were told in you know 30, 50 minute chunks, kind of like Sadie's story that would tell, you know, little bits about just really cool side stories. Like yeah, yeah, this this is pretty much going to be talking about that portal and tying it in. Mm -hmm. But it's such a neat way to one, introduce the AI of the city that's gonna be helping our ODSTs or that has Mm -hmm. helped our ODSTs and also kind of why the covenant attacked there and, mm-hmm. and, and what's going on which is really really
2: cool. And the production has done well. And the only other mm-hmm. thing that we got from afterwards was Hunt the Truth, but I think the something that kind of resonates more is that you had to discover this. Hunt the Truth, you you went, you went on iTunes, you went on SoundCloud, you went on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And you just found it and listened to this one, unless you're a cheater like me and you just go on YouTube, (laughs) you had to find it. And I know plenty of people where I try to talk to them about this and they're like, no, I haven't found them all yet. When this first came out, like, let me find them all. Then we can talk about this story. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, we do learn that our commissioner and our police
0: officer were pretty much getting in that right mentality of like, are we going to take you there, but had some pretty ill intentions for her. Mm -hmm. And we're basically trying to take advantage of her and... Mike, who was driving it, the police officer, mm-hmm. when he hears this, he stops it and then just kicks Kinsler out. He's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on here? We can't deal with this. They get in a scuffle, pulls, like, gets him out of there and leaves him in the street.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And and at this, you know, he 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 profusely apologized to Sadie and it's like, that's disgusting. Like, that's not what the new Mombasa is about. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe he tried to take advantage of you. Because I think he was talking about, like, how lavish his life was and, like, mm-hmm. a couple other aspects of, like, you know, like t- like taking advantage of the situation. And so, you know, we got our white knight here. Mm-hmm. But he did good. And and so he's like, All right, we're, you know, I, but I can't take you to the city center.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, where she needs to be.
0: Yeah, I, I can't take you to your dad. I have to take you out of the city. We have to, like, originally I was talking to the commissioner and, you know, he probably, you know, sped up some, some BS for him of like, yeah, we need to go that way. Mm-hmm. And so now that he's like, you know, he's bossless. <laughs> yeah, because he, he's officially not a police officer anymore. Yeah, it's pretty much kind of every man for himself type thing. He's like, No, we have to leave. Like there's the only mission is survive right now. We obviously don't have the firepower or knowledge or strength or anything to fight the covenant in our current stance. Mm-hmm. We need to go.
2: Yeah, and they Sadie and Mike argue for a little bit and she finally tells him, Stop the car, I'm getting out, and I'm going to look for my father. So he's kind of just like, you know what? Whatever, and just goes.
0: Yeah, because he has a little bit of light protest like we should really she's like no i'm doing this he's like
2: oh okay i mean be safe best of luck i'll yeah. see you later yeah essentially it's like i did what i could i'm out of here mm-hmm. so she goes and she heads towards the market so as she's in the city looking for her father on foot yeah and she, <laughs> she's touching base with her father who's once again saying no don't come get me. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of there. But he's also saying, like, listen, they're here for what I discovered. Yes. They're they're not just here and I discovered something. And this is weirdly coincidental. No, they're here for what I discovered. So that means the closer you get to me, the closer you're going to get to the covenant because they're coming essentially to where I am or they're going to be eventually. After this conversation, this weird kind of things happens where she sees Jonas, this 800-pound butcher, Who's giving out free kebabs to fleeing people? Because <laughs> yeah. he tries to stop this guy, and this in a car, and he's like, "Oh, take my kebab," and the guy's like, "No." So he like puts like a cleaver, like a meat cleaver mm-hmm. in his in his in his car. He he reminds me, did you ever play Dead Rising? No, of course you didn't.
0: Uh, <laughs> so those of you who don't know, Dead Rising was one of the first really really popular zombie games. you are trapped in a mall, mm-hmm. and you played as a reporter trying to figure out what was going on. Frank, I believe, and one of the big things about it was you'd find survivors you'd help them out but a lot of people went insane and they became like these bosses you had to fight there's a crazy clown there's a butcher people like that so it reminds me of that it's like Mm -hmm. trying to do a good thing but
2: literally insane yeah because because this guy is essentially insane and i I always wondered i was like okay halo is pretty realistic for most part uh outside of the the sci-fi aspect i was like why is a guy 800 pounds Mm mm-hmm and, like, still kind of moving. And then I realized, like, you could play into the factor, like, what are humans going to look like in 500 years? Will our bodies adapt to 800 pounds? Because it does come up that he can't uh, really. Yes. You ever do... seen wall I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far wall is in the future, so I can't comment on that. I'll watch it and I'll let you know. But, yeah, so I like that he is just giving out free kebabs. Mm-hmm. He's like, come on, let's go. So Sadie talks to him and she's like, listen, like, I get that this is really cool you're trying to help people but you should flee too she's kind of being a hypocrite right now she's like i'm gonna go into this but mm-hmm. you need to get out of this i'm trying to be the nice person right now and i think we do get a sense
0: of probably that 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 same aspect of her dad finding discovery helping people because mm-hmm. she's like i'll risk myself to do what i have to do but you seem
2: nice like you're trying to help you should leave mm-hmm. and he yeah he basically says like listen i made 100 pounds like there's no way I I can fit in a, a car or a bus It's like I can barely make it through the door and anything he's like he kind of knows his fate so he's trying to like go down like like those dudes in Titanic who play like the like mm-hmm. play the last song he's like I'm doing what I love kebabs yeah apparently. And, and he's trying to help as as much he can because he's like mm-hmm. I, I take up five spaces
0: in a transport mm-hmm. like there's no reason for me to go so I'm gonna stay here because I think he even like brings up the bravado like you know I'll fight against him. Mm-hmm. I'll do what I can, but, like, everyone else needs to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And he, she keeps saying that I, I love that she she's not going to accept that he's going to die. She's like, all right, so what we need to do is I'm going to find a forklift or a garbage truck, and I'm going to be able to, to drive you. So this predicted forklifts in Halo Reach. True. Just an FYI. So, oh, so if you guys haven't found the secret Halo Reach yet, I don't know if this has been announced Um, We talked to Bungie about this. Uh, Jonas is in Halo Reach. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you have to drive your forklift over and carry him through. Very similar to Noam Chomsky in Left 4 Dead, you have to carry him through all of the entire campaign.
2: (laughs) Even on the Falcon. Yes. On everything.
0: Yes. You have to figure out how to glitch
2: the forklift onto the next level Mm -hmm. every single time. And uh, he assassinates that elite for you in yes. the uh, long night of sol- solace. Wrong mission, but whatever. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so so yeah. But it's it's so funny
0: that she's just like uh, I don't know you're big forklift garbage truck
2: something something
0: big for it. Uh, but I love that you know he teases her and is like oh you know you brave warrior princess trying to rescue me with your mighty forklift mm-hmm. and it's it's such a little jovial thing. I, I love these. I love, like, these little aspects you get mm-hmm. in kind of those post-apocalyptic movies or games. That's so much more of, like, a weird
2: humanistic thing that's out of time almost. Yeah. I thought he was going to be evil, but he wasn't. He was just mad because a guy wouldn't eat his food, which no, is understandable. If you're in- going to cook for someone, they have to eat. No, he's insane. You give, give him a couple more days and give him in a mall? Mm-mm. Uh, I, I, well, that's... We're speculating here. We're speculating. I can't accept that he's evil.
0: Mm, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so she, she then... Kind of what she's done for people before. Like, listen, when I find my dad, I'm going to come back for you. We're going to get your kebabs. We're going to get your 800-pound ass on a forklift, and we're right on out of here. Yes. What what a
2: quick method of transportation, a forklift.
0: Yeah, but so— at the end of it, you know, Jonas is like, thanks, I'll be here type thing. Mm-hmm. And hands her two kebabs and is like, wishing her the best. You know, as she continues her journey, now leading to Casino District, which I believe is in Dead Rising, where you have to fight. Is that one of the chefs or is it the crazy dude with the lawnmower thing? How many parallels
2: from Sadie's story and, and Dead Rising are there?
0: Uh, That's going to be the rest of the episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so moving on from that, she once again chimes into her dad. It's like, hey, what's up? I'm still coming to get you. I don't know if you you know, think that you changed my mind, but I haven't yet.
0: And yeah, and, and I think she was like, yeah, I'm stopping by for like a round of roulette. I got a couple hands going in Texas Hold'em right now, mm-hmm. so uh, I'll be we're there gonna, soon.
2: We're going to be rich, Dad. We're mm-hmm. going to be rich. Mm-hmm. But of course, in a situation like this, there's there's looting going around. And where else but ATMs. I don't know if you've seen Breaking Bad. It's not as easy as it looks, Mm -mm. believe it or not. you got to drop it on someone's head for it to open (laughs) up. But, yeah, so she she finds one that's operational because I I believe Virgil was trying to communicate with her through the ATM. Yeah, similar to what we see in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately being broke like the rest of us this old woman shows up and she has a shotgun she's like "ah I you know I don't know if she's talking about taxation or the, the bank or whatever she's saying you know my money has been taken away from me for all these years so I'm going to get this money back" mm-hmm. and she's going crazy again voice acting for everyone is Tremendous Mm -hmm. and uh, tremendous, big. I don't know. uh, Amazing. (laughs) Yes, the voice acting is big. (laughs) It is large for Jonas. It was for Jonas. It was. (laughs) It's true. So, but the voice acting is amazing, Mm -hmm. and so this old woman is very convincing. She kind of like she just makes me think of like a Halloween witch. Yeah, she's kind of like that old lady in Dead Rising.
0: Who <laughs> I, is it? The wine store, or I'm trying to think of what store she takes over. But yeah, it's pretty much the same type of deal. Or you could also fight the clowns that's on the roller coaster who does
2: have a shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but unfortunately, a pack of brutes show up and they take the ATM and just throw it at her. So mm-hmm. now we're getting a lot more parallels with Breaking Bad as well.
0: Yeah. So this this entire city story was actually the inspiration for Breaking Bad, <laughs> as well as uh Left for Dead. I'm uh, not Left for Dead. Actually, you know what? Actually, sure. For Left <laughs> for Dead and Dead Rising, both of them, all the zombie things, plus Breaking
2: Bad. But yeah, so then as she's like under this ATM, she's describing how she's getting crushed, and Sadie had hid behind a dumpster, and these brutes walk up and they take her out with a mauler, and I don't, I don't think it's with one shot either. Like they shoot her, and she's like, ah! I think they just it? like
0: empty it into her.
2: Yeah, which I mean, I mean, it, good for her if it hey, takes a whole clip to take you out.
0: It's it's a mauler. So it depends how far back they are, what our are overshows looking like after that ATM hit her. Did she... Or did they have one or two? Because it's not as powerful a du- as a shotgun. That's true. With a dual wielding... Um, see, if they had went with the classic close shot punch, she's done. But I think they just, like, were novices and were trying to go for, like, a medium range. Mm-hmm. Pretty silly. And unfortunately, with Sadie re- remaining behind that dumpster, she... Gets discovered when her father tries to ca- contact her on her little chatterphone thingy. It's always the buzzing that. <laughs> yep, and you're, when you're trying to hide, always it's always something like that. And so it's always one of those things where like they're looking over their kill, and everyone just and turns their face towards mm-hmm. that. And so they get onto her, but before they can kill her, we get another Breaking Bad moment here, mm-hmm. where Mike, our savior, our White Knight, returns. And runs them over with his police car. Mm-hmm. He then takes that car to the car wash and gets everything cleaned out, and goes to the auto body shop where he says he hits a deer. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, yep this this definitely was Breaking Bad. So, but <laughs> but then, you know, Sadie gets reunited with him, and she explains like who Virgil is, and and, mm-hmm. and kind of you know why stuff's kind of going crazy here and why she was at this ATM and what was going on. Yeah. And so they go over the bridge leading from where they are to the main island of New Mombasa. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, well, to go back a little bit, Virgil, just to, so we really know who he is, he, whatever Virgil is, he, she, whatever, um, Virgil is a kind of a part of the superintendent. It's this program that's basically to keep an eye on Sadie because Sadie's mm-hmm. mother died many years ago. Mm-hmm. And this was... To help Daniel, her father, yeah, essentially. So it's you know kind of like a replacement parent, if well, you mean, will, with no limbs. Well, <laughs> well,
0: some limbs depending on what you control. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty much because being such like a high up scientist is obviously not available all the time, and being such a smart person like that and be able to create these things, you know, was was I guess key for him too. Mm-hmm. And 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 we really see that come into play because unfortunately. Like every Resident Evil boss, which we're tying in here as well, <laughs> they come back several times. Mm-hmm. And this is where, as they're having their like heart-to-heart over the bridge going, we unfortunately run into Kinsler again, who is armed with an SMG, and he's in a modified Pelican dropship. So I assume it's just like a sweet unmarked pelican, like his car. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, unmarked. It's it's a uh, gray. It's it's gray with some tinted windows, <laughs> and it has a tiny light in the back of it. <laughs> so when you're driving, that thing shows up. You're like, "Damn it! I mm. thought it wasn't a police." Uh, I one. tried to go
0: buy that pelican, but it's a police pelican. But he's he's decked up in police gear, and he forces Mike to throw his pistol. Over
2: the edge of the bridge. Mm-hmm. So he says, You know, you're coming with me because for some reason he can't just let it go. He's like, You're coming with me. He's still ticked off. He didn't get his way with Sadie. And I, I believe, did he know earlier that Sadie was Daniel's kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was a relationship because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Daniel's been working with the police, uh, uh, New Mombasa Police Department. I think it's all been intertwined. Mm-hmm. So, like, they and him being a hype scientist and obviously, you know,
0: him being the commissioner knew each other so i think that's what basically brought sadie into the car in the first Mm -hmm.
2: place was like oh i i know your dad like i'll take you to him Mm -hmm. yeah but so as mike and sadie are getting ready to get on to the pelican virgil once again comes in so it's everyone saving everyone in this Mm -hmm. story because virgil comes in he crashes an oliphant which i'm assuming is the elephant or garbage truck yeah yeah yeah. basically uh an oliphant into the pelican and empties all the contents in onto the commissioner. So it just like unloads all the garbage on, on top of the commissioner. So that's like kind of like a, a little rascals moment, I would call it. <laughs> I don't even know if that ever happens in little rascals, but that's what I'm gonna call it. So then Sadie's like, okay, you know what? Let's get into the garbage truck and we'll just continue on the bridge. And we're gonna keep going into the city, because that's we're just going and going and going. So once that they're inside the Oliphant or elephant, how, whatever you want to call it. No, I like it. Oliphant. 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 I thought that was just a thing in Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> no, it's a real thing. She continued to talk to her father. Mm-hmm. And so they eventually meet this other guy who's in the Oliphant for some reason, uh, Tom Uberti, and he's a salesman. And he just kind of found himself in there, and he is... A very, like, how he, everything he does, how he talks to people, he always references it's how to make a sale. He's super mm. upbeat, super, hey, how you doing? That's very Dead Rising lingo. <laughs> I, I foresee him being a bad guy. But Daniel and Desha t- uh, tells his daughter that he sees these Covenant, but mm-hmm. they're not like the usual Covenant. And so he says that there are seven of them. Ooh, and that bungee th- number. Oh, yep. I didn't even realize that. And so they're all surrounding this one, and they're 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 starting to strip it of like whatever armor, these metal pieces mm-hmm. it's wearing. And all of a sudden, because uh, there's six of them, and the seventh one is in the middle, and they all explode. But that one in the middle, that seventh one, actually survived. And so he realizes, like, oh my god, like these six just gave up their lives to free this one. He's like there's something different about these. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're not traditional covenant, or I don't think they want to be. Yeah. So that was, like, a beautiful moment to see as well. Because it even, like, you could hear in the background the explosion, the things all squeal or whatever they do. Well, especially to humanize.
0: I mean, we eventually do humanize uh, the engineers in ODST. Mm-hmm. But instead of just being these piñatas that explode, you're starting, if you never read the books or never any other materials, you're starting to get a better idea of who they are. And that, like you said, they're they're not the real covenant, they're not like shoot master yeah. chief ones are like,
2: I just want to hang out. Well, ODST, I think was a great way to show mm-hmm. how they really were and how yes. they really felt. I think for anyone who hadn't read the books, which is a majority of Halo players.
0: Yeah. And, and especially because having your ODST team find them that are much more humanized than the chief is or mm-hmm. really the Spartans, it, it, it makes it so much more of a comical witty, interesting moment that I think a lot of people pulled away from as you wrap up ODST. Mm-hmm. And of course, like I said in Dead Rising fashion, our overeager salesman Tom—he hears the news of the Covenant. We're trying to help the superintendent, and he gets super excited, and he opens up the top hatch of the Oliphant, and
2: looks around, and then shouts to grab the nearby attention of some Covenant. Yeah, he's like, he's like, listen. Like, why would they kill us? Like, let's negotiate with these guys. We're going to negotiate. And they're like, get back in here. And he's like, hey, hey. Hey, they're not all, good. Hey, they're not all bad. <laughs> hey, hey, come on over here. I got
0: stuff to sell. And uh, so, yeah, he thinks, oh, I can negotiate with them because obviously all it takes. If they're not all killer machines, there's mm-hmm. obviously something they want or that we can figure out. Uh, so, unfortunately, there was a wraith patrolling At the time, that really paid no attention to the garbage truck, but because they had kind of figured out that it was an AI-controlled machine, Mm -hmm. that it was just doing its routine, it was Mm -hmm. doing this stuff. But obviously, in, like, also stereotypical, like, anime fashion, of, like, all right, we're sneaking and we're doing this thing, and there's that one loud person in the group that just, like, ruins it all, Mm -hmm. ends it all. Uh, It gets the Wraith's attention, obviously, and the Wraith notices the shouting, and returns his making a deal with some plasma fire. Mm-hmm. Takes him out. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, <laughs> our salesman, which I'm calling a bad guy, because like Dead Rising, if you alert a lot of enemies or zombies to you, you're a bad guy, in my opinion. And now he's become a zombie ishness. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. tying it all in. Here we go. So after Tom is taken out, all of a sudden the Oliphant stops because the back's already messed up. Mm -hmm. So she tries to contact her father. He says, or maybe it's because she can't get a hold of him, the the superintendent's been shut down. Mm -hmm. So now, like, nothing's working. Like, basically, they've gone dark. Yeah, because they realize that Kinsler Mm
0: -hmm. is... is Pretty nefarious, and they're like, "Hmm, just
2: go away." Yeah, what is going on? Like I said, Resident Evil, but Mike and Sadie know that they can reactivate Virgil if they go to the New Mombasa Police Department headquarters. So that's and
0: and I guess it's probably where you see a lot of ties with their dad, Mm -hmm. and he. Because yeah. he was able to implement Virgil there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So they go into the lobby, and they're taken hostage by Marshall Glick, who is this really crazy ex-cop who apparently has known Mike throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But the guy has anger issues. He kind of reminds me of that, like, murder-stabby robot off of Futurama. Dead Rising. No, dead. Are there characters like this in Dead Rising? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm telling you,
0: Dead Rising, for those of you who haven't played it, the first one's good. Second one is okay. Third one sucks. Fourth one's great. I think um, we have the third one. Third one's terrible. But the first one is, is beautiful because yeah, there's like stuff like this, like the unstable cop.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Who,
0: and then like, the, oh, I remember one of the things you do to get to the gun store was get to kill unstable hunters who are sitting in the gun store.
2: Nice. Fun stuff. <laughs> Where was this when we covered, uh, uh, would we survive a flood apocalypse? I brought it up a little bit in the zombie games
0: that came ah. out.
2: I just didn't talk about all the little guys. <laughs> <laughs> During this, they're hostage right now. Mm-hmm. This new guy walks in, uh, Jim Odingo. Yes. My goodness. And he walks in, and he's like, hey, Marshall, what's up? And Marshall kills him, mm-hmm. and he talked about how Jim used his creamer, even though it was labeled. Now, I'm I'm not saying this is okay, but I'm saying... We've thought about it. We've thought about it. Someone someone uses your your creamer, your condiments, your ketchup. Mm-hmm. You think about it. Terrorizing. <laughs> <laughs> hey hey, you
0: know what? This uh, this isn't a good guy. He's an opportunist, though.
2: An opportunist. This Can't is one the... fault him on that. <laughs> but yeah. So then, uh, right after this happens, SWAT team comes in. Uh, somehow. He's uh, 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 still able to take out one or two SWAT members, even though he just has a shotgun, before he is finally taken out himself.
0: Yeah, you know, it depends. I will say it depends which model shotgun in Halo universe. Mm -hmm. Some, nothing. But if we're talking about you sticking 24 shells in there, like your (laughs) CE one, it's a different story. (laughs) So as they're kind of calmed down, they're brought down, SWAT's like, you guys, do your thing. And they're kind of just like brush off their pants like, See ya. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye. Uh, So they continue to the communications headquarters uh, where Sadie, like, takes a stapler and attempted to
2: persuade. So she basically uses it like, a fake gun. Yeah, she puts it in her pocket Mm -hmm. because that's a real thing people do. They take something like that and they try to rob banks yes and so she puts it in there and she demands the on-duty guard at you know quote-unquote gunpoint to turn virgil back on yeah because i she had just gotten off of the phone with someone else who was saying you know i want to but i can't because of the commissioner Mm -hmm. like i don't know why we're doing this but i'm following orders and i just can't i will also say batman begins batman does use a stapler to pretend to get gordon to like that be his be his buddy that is true
0: I honestly I think Sadie's story has inspired past and present media
2: <laughs> at all points in life I mean, this is we could all find our roots yeah here. nuts but yeah so the woman sees that Sadia took her stapler and was like you know they're trying to say turn the turn the uh, superintendent back on like holding it in their jacket and she's like that's a stapler and they're like no it could be, it could be a could be a rocket launcher. It could be anything. So the woman who, you know, has expressed she wants to turn Superintendent back on goes, oh, well, you have me at gunpoint then. This is me just trying to survive. So she goes over or she lets them turn it on or she turns it on mm-hmm. playing, you know, kind of this. Oh, this is what I got to do because I got to survive semantics. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and so plays with it. And so Virgil gets back on. He's all peppy and, and A.I.E. again.
2: Mm-hmm. With all, his with his bumblebee, we're all way happy. of communication,
0: yeah, and it's and it's been interesting because like Mike is kind of having this change of heart. But we
2: saw it mm-hmm. early, obviously, when he kicks the commissioner out.
0: But he's been hearing all this propaganda message of like, you know, the New Mombasa police, we're we're fighting the Covenant, we're doing the good fight. There's no need to worry, and he's like, that's that's not true, mm-hmm. you know, and and he's realizing that. It's being broadcast from inside the building.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. so
0: he knows that there's a way he has to deal with this and get the message out to people that please leave New Mombasa. Because mm-hmm. basically the propaganda is trying to calm everybody down, trying
2: to be... Propagandally diplomatic in a way. Well, he the the guy doing the propaganda also talks about. He's like, this is also for people who aren't going to leave the city. Yes, these, these are for all the kids and a teacher in a class right now. This is for the woman in her bed who can't move. Yeah, because
0: because they end up confronting the announcer of it, and it's Stephen. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, yeah, steven's like,
2: listen, I'm I'm basically trying to make sure that people have some hope before death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at one point he even says to Mike, he says. You know what? You think you can do this better, and he he puts it on, and he goes, "Hey, I just want you to know we're here with this this what's he call him like two shot mic or it's, something." He, he goes, "Harris, two shot Mike Kibaki." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he says, "You know," and he's gonna tell you what's really going on right now. And the guy freezes, and then kind of says, y- "You guys are doing great. You guys are doing great. Like you know, keep keep at it. Like we're 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 doing good. We'll get through this." And so that's when. He kind of realizes, like, it's, like, what do you do in that situation? That's a very real thing. Like, It is, because, you know, on the black and white of it, you're like, stop doing that.
0: People need to leave. There's no hope for this message. But mm-hmm. then when you realize, like, it's not just, if you don't do this, everyone leaves. Like you mm-hmm. said, it's people stuck in bed, people who can't leave, people who are too frightened. They, they
2: have no way to leave. Mm-hmm. Kebab. Yeah, Kebab. He can't. So at least he heard some propaganda messages. He's like... Hell yeah! I'm gonna make some kebabs. I'm Listen, gonna hand them out. I'm the fourth Jonas brother. I'm staying. We're gonna handle this. <laughs> I'm gonna put a cleaver in your car if you don't <laughs> eat my kebabs. Exactly.
0: Uh, but of course, after this, we have Kinsler, of course, aka Nemesis, <laughs> Resident Evil, coming back, and he hears uh, Mike's voice on the propaganda going through. So he goes, "He's
2: at the propaganda station." Propaganda—that's what it's called, by the way propaganda yeah. station yeah the ps that's my favorite that's my favorite sandwich shop oh. eventually that's that's what a sandwich shop is called we somewhere need, we need to start that if it's not propaganda station don't take that <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got four
0: days to figure out three <laughs> days to figure out how to get this running we're on it uh so yeah so he ends up contacting the station and basically tells Stady that hey cool i'm glad you guys are there how's it going fun stuff that you guys to propaganda station uh you like sandwiches Uh, jesse and alex made those um (laughs) but your father is being held hostage at the data center Mm -hmm. and he goes listen listen i'm not a bad guy i'm not
2: but what you can do is meet me at the train station alone yeah no mic, no cops no nothing and i want to go back a little bit by saying that when virgil came back online Virgil's no longer regularly communicating. We were hearing the sounds of the engineers mixed in now as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like, just, just that, just to keep that in mind, because that just popped in my head. But that was always something really weird that happened. Yeah, they, they, it's really cool, because that's
0: really... Depending how, if when you got these stories, mm-hmm. it's really the first time that we start to see how integrated the engineers really are with
2: technology mm-hmm. and how fast they can work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she goes and she has to fight through this crowd and i guess it's a private train it's like or, a private train car yeah a car um that kinsler has and so she fights through uh, the crowd and kinsler orders the police to shoot a bunch of people in the crowd to get them out of the way so they don't try to get into his car mm-hmm. so she finally gets in and he plays up once again that whole cliche like oh i'm making a drink with my whiskey right now and Listen, I've I've seen Mad Men in the future. <laughs> I know who I am. So at this time, he reveals that he actually killed her father, mm-hmm. Daniel and Desha. He says that it's a uh, so he actually suffocates and kills him with argon, which mm-hmm. freezes people and that's where you eventually find him in Halo 3 ODST. So if you're like me and barely listen to any of those audio logs, but then like once you replay it, you can see it again. You're confused. You're like, I don't know who this guy is. Moving on. Yeah, but it makes sense. And
0: like and like mm-hmm. Jesse had told me earlier, this really does tie into the Divine Comedy with it because
2: with the devil, his tears are basically frozen tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, they freeze into people. Mm-hmm. And we're we're going to touch on a little bit more of that here by the end of this summary. Mm-hmm. But so she's freaking out right now because he's just like, yep, I killed your father. I know I said that I had him hostage. Uh, just kidding. I'm evil. I'm nemesis from Resident Evil. So uh, uh, I'm just going to take you and we're going to get out of the city. But, you know, the whole entire time there's people outside of this car trying to get in, but they the train hasn't left yet. Eventually, though, she kind of she realizes that the, you know, this Virgil and this engineer are kind of intertwined. And so right before Kinsler kind of goes in to attack her, we figure out that Mike has actually gotten all the refugees to storm and attack all the police officers, and that's when Virgil uh, opens the door to that train car, Mm -hmm. and they all just tear Kinsler apart and murder him. Um, Kind of like zombies would do in Dead Rising. You're stretching. Zombies in general. That's just a general zombie action. Just like in Dead Rising. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. But so once again, once it's all over, we still have Sadie. Saying I have to go, I have to go at least get my father's body. Mm-hmm. And that's when even Mike's saying, no, like we we can't. And so this is a really heart touching moment because it's Virgil using pre like uh previous conversations that Sadie's had with her father that we had heard earlier mm-hmm. of him saying he's proud and and Virgil saying, "Get out of the city," and then playing those messages of her father saying, "I'm very proud of you. I'm well, very proud of you." And, and it's so cool because he takes all the messages from things you have already heard, mm-hmm. from even more like
0: Jonas and Mike and all these other people who like left her words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Not left. I mean, they just talked, but Virgil's recorded that and is playing it back to be like, basically, like you can
2: do this. You need to survive. Mm-hmm. You know you you need to go.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and and Virgil and Mike both. Tell her, like, we need to go. We need to get out of here. And she's it it sucks because she's crying and she's hearing her father. And she doesn't she doesn't only want to not leave her father. She doesn't want to leave Virgil Mm because she says, you are now all I have left of my father. And and that's it.
0: And I think one of the big things, too, touching back a little bit, we talk about Kinsler. Another thing he said, he's like, I'm going to capture that single engineer that's left. Um, I'm going to be a war hero. And so I think with Sadie figuring out that she can kind of bring Virgil with her. It's like, we need to save that engineer. Mm-hmm. We need to save it. We need to like bring it out of here. It's not a covenant as we know it. It's, mm. it's a whole different thing. And we need to go. So she unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how it goes, acknowledges that Virgil is all she has left. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's kind of why she's like admitting to it. It's like, you all have left. How do I leave you behind? How do I leave any of this behind? And Virgil's like, no, you you cannot stay. Like you, you have yeah. to go. And so finally, Virgil, with the help of Mike, being an actual human with arms there, mm-hmm. convinces Sadie to stay on the train that they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with the bloodied corpse and, and ripped flesh everywhere. Yeah. Stay on that train.
2: Well, at least they have like whiskey there or something. That's but, true. But the train leaves, and, you know, the, there's a lot of refugees uh, on there as well. So they leave New Mombasa, and that is it. That is the summary of Sadie's story. Mm hmm. Now, Remember how we said – let's move on from this. Remember how we had said that Joe Staten had read The Divine Comedy. He, there, was, there was a new translation of it. So let's talk about The Divine Comedy itself and how there are parallels between Sadie's story and The Divine Comedy. So The Divine Comedy was written by Dante Algieri over the course of 18 years from 1302 A.D. to 1320 A.D. So – Algieri died one year after finishing the Divine Comedy. The story from Algieri describes his journey through hell, purgatory, and then heaven. And throughout the journey through hell, the the character of the book, Dante, goes through nine levels of hell.
0: Yeah, so so that's your typical Dante's Inferno that you know of Mm -hmm. that are going to be basically
2: the nine levels of hell, which are pretty much your cardinal sins, plus a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so... Fun fact, the version that Joe Statton probably read before writing Sadie's story was Robin Kirkpatrick's A Third Penguin Classics version released in...
0: The old what? third Penguin Classics.
2: <laughs> yes, Robin Kirkpatrick's A Third Penguin Classics version, which was released uh, 2006 or 2007. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked it up, and I, I was like, what version did he read? And that came out right around the time they were writing this, so it kind of makes sense. So let's talk about these nine levels or nine circles of hell. because So, you know, the, the top circle is bigger, and it slowly gets smaller at the end, or smaller at the bottom. So we have Limbo. So Sadie stuck on the train. The, the first train. So it's, mm-hmm. it's when we initially start the story with Virgil mm-hmm. is where we're basically arriving
0: in limbo. We don't know if mm-hmm. we can leave it. We don't know where it's going. And we are starting there. And then obviously our next ring is Lust. And that's when we first get to meet the commissioner who tries to have his way
2: with Sadie and tries to take advantage of her. Mm-hmm. And then we have Gluttony, which is Jonas, the, under, the 800-pound butcher. But yeah. at least he's a nice guy. He's a
0: nice guy, but yeah, and it goes to, especially with him being the butcher, handing out food, trying to do these things. And what I really like is... Trying to fatten us all up. Yeah, and I really, really enjoy the way that they had told this and interpreted it. Obviously, very apparent that Gluttony is this heavyset man, uh, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that, that Sadie kind of wants to stay there and help him and take care of this because he's mm-hmm. helping others. And I, I guess I like, though, with the gluttony aspect of it, is mm-hmm. the refusal of food. The You know, the the, the meat cleaver comes down. Yeah. So it's kind of tying into, Mm-mm. you need to f- feed into this. You need, literally. Yeah. <laughs> you need to take advantage of this. And then we jump over to greed. So that's obviously that old crony woman who
2: attempts to steal the money from the ATM.
0: And she is met with her unfortunate
2: demise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I've been there. I've been broke. I'm like, dude, here's a few quarters. They're mine. I'm going to go buy some bubble gum. But <laughs> yes, yes, Jesse lives in the 1920s and decided to go to the corner <laughs> store and get some, some, some smacky pops. But then we have a wrath. So this is when the commissioner confronts Sadie and Mike with the pelican. He's very upset by that point and he wants to kill them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because that's what normal people do during these times. Someone Normal people cut their losses and leave the city. Nope. He had a dope pelican. <laughs> uh, undercover pelican. Undercover one. Or a super pimped out. You know, it could be either <laughs> way with him at this point. Yeah. At wrath at this point, could be anything. Uh, but then we have heresy, and that's with Tom Uberti in the Oliphant, who tries to reason with the covenant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he tries to basically break rank tries to do what he can and is obviously met with his
2: demise at that point mm-hmm. and then we have violence that's marshall glick the cop who snapped because everyone was using his half and half creamer
0: yeah and what i really love too is is they've they've really invested characters into this a lot mm-hmm. and have basically let them succumb to that ring of hell which i really mm-hmm. i really thought's a really smart idea to do with this yeah and then we have uh, over at fraud um, which has a couple other names, but fraud in of itself is Stephen, the broadcaster, telling lies in order to keep citizens more at ease. So, mm-hmm. so lying, fraud, however you want to kind of tell that. And once again, it's interpreted in a good way to where, yes, you're committing this sin,
2: but for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finally, we have treachery. So this is the commissioner informing Sadie that he actually killed her father rather than, you know, hostage. Ha- hostage. So he lied to her. So, and of course, all these words, limbo, lust, gluttony, greed, like throughout the years, you know, this was written 800 years ago. So they've, they've been, the, the words are always different. So sometimes you can see rage instead mm-hmm. of instead of uh, wrath, anything like that if you look into this. But to wrap up the Divine Comedy section... There have been many breakdowns of the campaign of Halo 3 ODST, and I've read a few of them, but I don't think it's super concrete because no one at Bungie said yes or no, that the campaign itself also also reflects it. But, I mean, this one, there could have been some parallels, but, I mean, Sadie's story was literally a retelling of it or like an interpretation of it, essentially. It was Halo's interpretation of the Divine Comedy. And they mm-hmm. did it very well. And I would say at least look into the Divine Comedy a little bit. That way you you understand why the story, why why Sadie's story is written how it is. Even better, the game that came out before this
0: or after it, I don't know. Play Dante's Inferno.
2: I never played Dante's. That was a, a kind of like a side scroller, right? No, I.
0: From my vague memory of playing it only a little bit, I think it's what do you call a god of
2: war game? It's got a warish. Yeah, but it's still like for the most part, other than bosses, you're like, I don't know, a weird outside view. I had watched my buddy play it a few times. Maybe. I don't remember. I didn't like it. Believe it or not, that's nothing how the Divine Comedy actually is. Just an FYI. Well, I didn't write it, so I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't know how the 1300s were. Maybe that's how it was. <laughs> this is true. So really quick, what does this do for the lore? And it doesn't break down the lore too much other than that we now know who the superintendent actually is mm-hmm. and how that Hergok actually got integrated with it mm-hmm. but we see how he was stripped down of like that exploding armor mm-hmm. that he was wearing cuz remember when Dare and the Rookie finally meet uh the this Huragok which we'll call Virgil she actually pulls a, like an additional panel off
0: yes yeah cuz it, it's honestly for those of you who don't like ODST I don't understand why I understand it's not a mainline game with Chief and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's so beautifully told, mm-hmm. and if you guys haven't looked at City story at all, I recommend, what'd you say, it was like 50 minutes It's total about 50 minutes. Of it all. It's an easy listen, especially if mm-hmm. you got nothing to do right now. You're yeah. working and stuff, but you've got nothing to do. Go listen to it. It's it's really cool, and let us know your comparisons of it. Let us mm-hmm. know if you pull anything else out that we didn't see, or mm-hmm. hear, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, and also your opinion on if the campaign falls at all. Yeah. I could see vaguely, if I, you want to kind of take some of the components of like what Rookie finds and how mm-hmm. it correlates.
2: Well, it's like you see like Limbo is when they're dropping in space. Mm-hmm. I think they, you know, and they compare it to like Buck and lust because he's going after Veronica Dare, who was you know his his, his former lover. Sure, it, it, and I've seen them vaguely. Treachery, of course, is when that's assuming that you find all of the uh, audio logs because oh, then it, that it, police officer tries to kill you. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, I it's it's and you know what, it it could be by all means, but I mean it's not as almost literal as Sadie's story is. True, exactly. But
0: you know, I would love to hear. Um, from anyone at Bungie that kind of worked mm-hmm. on that to give a uh, this way or uh, that way on mm-hmm. that, just to even get an idea on, on kind of went with it. But uh, overall, it's really cool. I, mm-hmm. I I really wish there was more stuff out there like this, just in more audio programs of stuff, because mm-hmm. um, like you said earlier, like Hunt the Truth.
2: That is something like this, but I want, like, smaller story tidbits. They're, like, just, like, Mm one-offs. Yeah. Let's go to the general reaction. So, ODST players certainly did not expect an audio story to be found and unfold in front of them while playing the game. ODST already had so much going for it in terms of marketing, story, music, etc., so this was a welcome-added bonus. Sadie's story is simple, easy to digest, And resonates with players because it's told from the civilian side of the war, a story that also parallels the divine comedy. It was clear that at that point, Bungie was eight or nine years into creating Halo, but minds like Joe Statton had yet to lose their spark. It's so cool that Bungie's pretty much on the end of the rope with Microsoft Mm -hmm. and
0: kind of Halo as a whole. So this is kind of a, all right, we're ticking our box of three games we got to do, but they still put so much into it Mm -hmm. that didn't have to go.
2: Yeah, like absolutely. Like they didn't have to add this. It wasn't like Microsoft was like, "Hey, add this, add this audio meta story in." Cuz you got to remember, uh, Marty O'Donnell says this was the first Halo game released or created by Bungie employees, you yes. know, from start to finish. Yes. And so I really think that it was almost like they had that 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 freedom. The second they had that freedom, they're like, "Oh my gosh, let's let's do as much as we can." And within a year, too. You got to think Some games don't have this stuff when they have four years of development, but for a year? No, because, I mean, sure, you're running off the same engine and most components
0: of Halo 3. I understand that. Mm -hmm. But to base a game around the music, to base a game around a side story, and to base the game around something that really doesn't do much for our whole story as we see it today mm-hmm. is amazing that so much care and effort went into this because they could have just written off the the logs as like, oh, there's a terminal. Let's see this ATM. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> like all this text pops up. Yeah, you could have just read it like Halo 3. Yeah, exactly. So to add that in is, is such a major component that I, I would love to just look into more games that have done certain things like this because mm-hmm. every, every single game either has books you read, logs you find. In, like even some of the audio logs like in Bioshock and other mm-hmm. games like that they're there but nothing has really drawn me in as much as
2: a story going on within a story mm-hmm. yeah because it's it's all like those audio logs typically are like these very small very small little conversations happening and like little little sub stories but that happen pretty much in that area so yeah if you're like in a lab somewhere it's some lab tech talking yeah but to have these these stories work together hmm like, and, you know, this story is an explanation for some things. I think that's really cool. Yes. So, you know, I, I guess we've already kind of jumped into what we think about it. But, I mean, really, it just makes me love ODST more and more because it gave you so much more than what you paid for. Yes. Well, actually, by the time they raised it up to $60, yeah, you're about breaking even. But, uh, really, like, it's, it's really cool, especially since you have, A, Joe Statton, I don't know why you were sitting around and reading The Divine Comedy, because you you clearly have already already read it, but you said a new translation came out. It's the the Penguin version. It's the Penguin (laughs) version. Well, I will say because it's... It wasn't even. Re- it's not modern Italian. It's mm-hmm. it, it's it's, it's kind of like old English and modern yeah. English. It's 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 so, old Italian. Yeah, like and the new interpretation could tell the story a little different. Mm-hmm. The, you know, once the Bible was translated from you know King's James King yeah, James, so, so many different versions
0: of, mm-hmm. of of certain aspects that someone's interpretation of like this style of Latin or this style of old mm-hmm. Italian or this style of old English jumps it up differently.
2: Yeah, yeah. so he was he was reading that which. You know, we need to make money off this already so I can just sit at home for 13 hours and read the book Mm because now I want to read the book. I absolutely want to read the book. Yeah. Uh, So if anyone else has read that, by the way, tell us how it is, let us know. But I really think it's cool that you can take something, which is a dark book, very dark book, Mm -hmm. and say, I want to put that into my space alien cyborg game. Yes. And have it work so well. Not a lot of people can do it, like, especially punji back in the day was doing
0: it well especially too because it doesn't shove it in your face that it's actually following like dante's adventures mm-hmm. that yeah. it, it's just a really cool story that if you do correlate it follows those mm-hmm. rings of hell and does it i almost said extremely well i'm not rhyming today i will not rhyme on this podcast <laughs> it does it expertly yes and it puts it together in a way that is digestible, that still brings the Halo universe into it by having Mm -hmm. the Covenant attack, you know, knowing about New Mombasa and knowing about these different aspects of it that the player eventually explores really, really is probably one of my favorite things that,
2: outside of creating the game itself, Bungie's really done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you even got to think, like, the Covenant... ...are in there, but they're not that... Like, you forget so many times that mm-hmm. the Covenant exists. You forget half the time that you're in the Halo
0: universe. That's kind of like in Dead Rising when you have all the zombies around, but they're
2: they're forgettable. What your real enemies are are those evil people. They're pretty passive. Mm-hmm. They're, they're in the background. I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was really cool that this happened. Again, it didn't have to happen, but it did. Yes. So I think that was really cool... And I'm glad that we finally covered this. I know we had debated about covering it You know, when we did Halo 3 ODST, mm-hmm. but we thought we wouldn't be able to do it justice if, you know. We would have written it off as a, a couple paragraph section, this is a thing yeah. you could
0: find, and then just did a hashtag detailed walkthrough for you. Yeah, which we, which actually, we did.
2: We actually did do a pretty good detailed walkthrough for you guys yes. here, so you're welcome just like Halsey This is Jersey. hashtag way too detailed walkthrough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to actually, yeah. Just uh, hit that skip button. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, we're gonna rate Sadie's story separate from Halo Three ODST, mm-hmm. so its own entity. By the way, if you try to find any of those on the internet, it doesn't exist. That's why I don't have any. That's why I can't say IGN gave Sadie's story a five out of five. Maybe they did, but either way, either way, I'm gonna give Sadie's story. I'm gonna go with a nine point eight out of ten. You couldn't give that point, too? You're selfish. Nope, I couldn't. Mm. I can't just go 10 out of 10. Mm, you must be on the
0: Envy Ring of Hell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. I mean, I would probably go with 16 delicious street kebabs that are brought to you by Gluttony himself um, divided by, you know, Nemesis appearing in this game for some reason. Um, but add in the achievement to kill, I think it's like 72,000 zombies in Dead Rising. Interesting. um, And then do equal sign, equal sign, equal sign, the best, and then slap that into your if-thens, and then it'll be true.
2: All right, all right, I accept that rating. Mm -hmm, I accept that rating. But yeah, so, as always, these bonus episodes, these topics are brought to you our amazing patrons
0: yes and so if you want to sign up for our patreon today we have links everywhere for it or you can ask us for it uh we have tiers from a dollar to the ridiculous 117 for john don't ever do that one but do it if you want i really don't care uh but we have everything in between that'll give you the ability to vote on this episode Mm -hmm. prints uh exclusive game nights we have exclusive chats with some of you our exclusive discord uh we have so much other stuff that uh, jesse and i are kind of working on two to change up some of those tiers because it's still like some of the same stuff we had when we started this podcast mm-hmm. so we'll have some updates on that and some really cool stuff coming soon but as always want to thank those patrons today we have angry canadian brandon reshatar brenton bagley charles zitter cowan fong feliciano dgamer 1298 dust storm francis grant dylan harvey chong james yurvasi jonas colonel panic tactics Dragonfire, mr choff pasquale orozco skyjack and ZZ slip away. so thank you guys for supporting us and like i said this is probably one of the best ways to support us as well as looking at our merch stuff um that helps us keep going helps us pay for these christmas lights that we have in the studio halloween lights uh non-denominational uh, halloween lights <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and plenty of other things so uh yeah uh thank you guys so much
2: Yeah, and as always, if you want to support us in a a more passive way, you could always find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Follow us on there. Share any and all of our content if you want. If you want to tell your friends about us, that's also, you know, that helps us a lot. Another way to help is to... Give us that five out of five on iTunes if you'd like, because it helps us rank higher and it helps us with the suggested podcast. Yeah, so the most
0: passively, if you can, is that iTunes rating. I know you hear it from every podcast ever, but that actually is one of the biggest places that helped us rank up mm-hmm. yeah. um, and just get more listeners, be able to spread our message more of our non-denominational Halloween lights. So yeah. that's really what it's about.
2: Yeah, and of course, you can listen to us on iTunes, you can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and I forgot to plug this, but join our Discord if you haven't mm. already. And don't forget, you can also listen to us on Tin Can and a String. You can, mm-hmm, um, if mm-hmm. you're, or you can come find where the studio is and just listen to it live from outside. Yeah, but be quiet because we hear everything
0: So yeah. we can't have you guys There's talk outside There's some birds
2: chirping Ridiculous. for the past hour So don't be those birds mm. <laughs> But yeah, and, but if you want to join our Discord There will be a link in the description On whatever platform you're listening to If not, message us on any of our social media platforms And we will reply as quickly as possible mm-hmm. And with that, I'm your host Jesse Reiners And I'm your host Alex Kendall And thank you for tuning in to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast
1: I think we're just getting